Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. Welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, a co-worker of mine uh, ordered me, got me a calendar. Mm -hmm. Uh, It says, it says 2023 dad jokes, but I counted and there's only 365. I think that they got ripped off. Mm. That was like two dad jokes in one. It was like, yeah, there's not 2023 of I them, feel, I didn't and they really got ripped it. off. I feel like, <laughs> like, kind of. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Part. Yeah, like the calendar had a bunch of pages it, ripped it's out. It's a of ripoff it. calendar. Yep, you, you don't see those as anymore. You don't those see 365 enough 365 day calendars. day ripoff calendars. It's true. Like, yeah, I think that we have. We have like them on the, in the computer now. Back in the day. Also, I've got so many things on my desk already. I remember like my parents had a far side. 365 yeah. day yep. calendar. I remember and, that very specifically. And they had like a motivational quotes one that I really enjoyed. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, there was like a weird words, weird, weird words, words, a different weird word every day for the whole year. Right. But I love a quotation. I love an inspirational, pithy quote, as you may I know from entirely agree with what you. I've done with do, my career. Do, <laughs> do you want me to pull up your quotes page? Is that what you're asking for? The, John, the reason that's the joke, by the way, yeah. today oh, yeah. is that this is the 365th episode of oh. Dear Hank and John, as far as I can tell, oh. which means you can listen to a Dear Hank and John every day for a year yeah. and not listen to two. That's right. It's very, very exciting. Um, so most of the quotes on my quote page are things that I said. But He's only, back to himself, everybody. Only most. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a few of those, yeah. Um, no, your most quoted uh is not me. Is not you. But I, I have I have one <laughs> I have one that is always attributed to me. It's been liked yep. over ten thousand times on Goodreads. I did not say it, and I deeply deeply disagree with it like it bothers me <laughs> to no end because i really i yeah. i kind of take it personally that people think i would say this which i know i shouldn't what is it john it's this what is it people were created to be loved things were created to be used 
The reason why the world is in chaos is because things are being loved and people are being used. John Green look, wow. looking for Alaska. But of course, that's not in looking for Alaska. And I don't. Wow. The world is not in chaos because I love Diet Dr. Pepper. Like I should. I, it's fine to love things. <laughs> Loving things is good. <laughs> yeah, you can love things. Yeah. Uh but also love people. Um, of course. But also, I don't th- think people- It is a nice- I see, I see why you click on the like button on that one, though. It feels like, yes. You know, you're- But I don't- Feels, feels good. I just don't think people were created to be loved either. I don't think people were created to be is a correct beginning of a sentence. Yeah. Well, this thing, the thing also that happens is that characters say things and then the, you said that they, that oh, you said yeah. the thing. And I'm like, uh, no, I don't even like that guy. Right. He was the bad guy. <laughs> That's the villain. Don't, don't put my name next to that. <laughs> I have one like that where people are like, um, what's the point if you don't at least try to live an extraordinary life? And I'm like, That's on page four. And the entire book is about why he's wrong. <laughs> yeah. People are like, yes. Yes. I can Sign totally, me up for that grind set. I, could see, I need that hustle culture exactly, in my veins. Exactly, exactly. You got to yeah. boy boss your way all the way up to the sun. I could see people <laughs> taking some of the quotes from an absolutely remarkable thing out of context and using them to be like, you got to, yeah. you know, you got to grind and sacrifice whatever's necessary for the coming technological revolution. Yeah. Well, hey, who's to say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what's gonna what's gonna turn out to have been the right way to do it. Maybe in a hundred years, people will read an absolutely remarkable thing and think all the good guys are the bad guys, and all the bad guys are the good guys. Ugh. as long as they're still reading it, John. Yeah, I suppose. All right, let's answer some questions from our listeners. It is a really good book. I was just talking to Henry today about how great those books are, and how nobody else has ever helped me understand the internet the way that those books do. And the the weird thing is, the older the internet gets and the more the internet gets really, really weird and a little scary, the more I'm like, oh, Hank just saw this. He just saw it all coming. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, when you write about it, when you when you sit down and you think about it all day for a bunch of days in a row yeah. and you're writing it all down, that helps. Uh, but nothing has made me feel more inferior to my brother than looking at his Goodreads quote page and then going to mine. <laughs> Well, we write different kinds of stuff. You were, you're, yours, are, yours are like 200,000 likes, and I'm like 328. <laughs> well, 200, yes. 246. And then the, the, the one with 328, I didn't write. <laughs> it wasn't me. And then it's 246 is the next one down. I'm really struggling here, John. How's the line that I wrote that you put in an absolutely remarkable thing doing? <laughs> It's it's at ninety eight. It's ninety eight likes. So it's 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 less than halfway down. Oh man! Oh god! That's it's it's one of the best lines I've ever written, and I can't believe that you stole it. <laughs> so for those who don't know, in an absolutely remarkable thing, there is this great line: "I had a very happy childhood. I just wasn't a very happy child," which is the kind of like. That's everything people were created to be loved and things were created to be used is yeah. trying to do, right? Like it's got the symmetry, but it's true. Yeah. It's accurate. Yeah, it's very true. It, it And it's very, it's not true of me. It was true of you and it's very true of April. 
And so, so you just stole it. And we were like, so I just stole it. We were like on a bus or something. And Hank, it wasn't even like, yeah, we were on tour. It wasn't even like, hey, I can remember. I have this? It was like, hey, I, uh, I'm using this. It works really well here. <laughs> it wasn't a question. You were just letting me know. Yeah. Well, look, I think I, I'm pretty sure that I was like on the tour bus for Turtles All the Way Down. You were. Editing an absolutely remarkable thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it, with like a very tight deadline and I had to like be in the bus in the back. Yeah. Like feeling motion sick grinding yeah. through this thing. Yeah. And, oh, God, uh, the, the struggle. And, and so, so you owed me everything at that point. And I was like, anything you say yeah. can and will be used in the book. That's fine. No, I'm 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 all in favor of it, and I do appreciate you going on tour in support of my book for a month. That was very generous of you. And then your book, uh, I think I went on tour with you for like three days. So <laughs> I got that quote, though. You got that quote. Uh, all right, yeah. Hank. I wanted to ask you some questions from our listeners. Okay, that's the thing. We're going to begin do. with this one from Jack, who writes, "Dear John and Hank, are there any liquid planets? I get that Earth is mostly water on the surface, but it does have some solid at its core. It seems unfair that solids and gases get planets, but liquids get left out. Cut liquids some slack, mm. Jack." This is funny because there's a coffee chain in my town called Liquid Planet, and mm. I was like, "Yeah, there's. I think there's four. <laughs> that's, <laughs> there's four that's liquid planets asking, in Missoula. <laughs> Can you have liquid all the way down?" Um, well, you know, that's a good question. Can you, I don't think that you can have liquid all the way down because I think just the pressure of that much liquid, yeah. if it was a, if it was a planet would, would make some things happen. Also, it'd be really weird for it to be that consistent. I don't know what sorting process would be necessary mm. to have there be just water and not a bunch of other dusty stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if if the universe is doing that kind of sorting, it's possible. The universe does weird sorting. Um, but I don't I don't see how that would happen. But there are definitely planets out there that are the surface is 100 percent water. No land. Um, and probably no land. Yeah. And and like there's no reason why I don't think there is any reason why Earth isn't like that, mm. um, except that like continents and an active continental plate situation are higher up because mm-hmm. they're less dense rock. So it's sort of like at the top of the, the rock of the planet, but there could be more water and all those things could be underwater. I I don't know why there wouldn't be more water and we'd just be a water world. Right. Like That's that. definitely possible. And, and because it is possible, it is a hundred percent probable in the universe this size. Somebody sent me a while back, a picture of the world map according to fish that is just like (laughs) really focused on the oceans and and sees land as a sort of, um, you know, as ancillary. And it was very beautiful to look at. And it did make me Uh think, I hope they don't have to think about us. I hope that most of the time they don't know about land. I think, I hope that this is what their Uh, world looks like to them. I think that they definitely have to think about us. Well, of course, they have Uh, to think think about us sometimes, Hank, because we are an inconvenience to them at times. But I'm saying that, like, if you are an individual turtle, I think you might have to not Mm -hmm. think about people. I think you might be able to have a whole long turtle life without ever once having a thought about a person. I love this 
map of the world according to fishes so much. I'm looking at it right we'll, now. We'll put it on I the feel Patreon. Like it, could, I f- it is incredibly beautiful. I feel like it could be done in, in, in like a more like science fictiony type way, but, or like like the right. beginning, like the the map of the the of the I don't know Middle Earth. That's what I was trying to think of. Oh, a Middle Earthy way, uh, kind of way. Yeah. That would be super cool. But what I love about I this map that is that it helps me understand that there there are there are not four oceans and seven continents. No, there is one no, ocean, no, no. and one ocean, and, and yeah. an occasional interruption by areas that the ocean has not yet overtaken. Yeah, for sure. And I also an interesting thing is that, from my understanding of fish. An actual map, according to fish, would have the continental shelves, Mm. which is where most of the fish live. Mm. And then there's like these areas of the ocean that are only for specific fish uh, and plankton and planktonic things and fish who are going to take a big risk (laughs) because that open ocean is a whole different vibe. Yeah, there's just, yeah, there's that occasional fish that's just like, hey, I'm I'm setting off in search of the unknown and all the other fish are like, but things are pretty good here. And that that one fish is like, yeah, but like, have you ever thought about like, maybe there's weightlessness up there? That fish is looking out at the open ocean and says to its friend, what's the point of being alive if you don't at least try to do something remarkable? <laughs> I saw it on John Green's wiki, uh, Goodreads page. <laughs> and it really, it's just like, oh, it really moved sharked me. immediately. Exactly. Because you didn't read the rest of the novel. You had to read the rest fish. of the book, fish. Okay. You can't decontextualize quotes like that and expect them to guide you through life, even though that's what I did for the first 25 years of my life, fish. I also had to learn that lesson, fish. Yeah. But at least I didn't get eaten by a shark. Not yet. What question are we answering right now? It, we answered it. This next question comes from Whitney, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I live in Wyoming. I own cats. I enjoy audiobooks. And I haven't been to the dentist since 2019. Is there anything that I should know about tuberculosis that you suspect I might not already know? Bacteria oh and antibiotics. Whitney. Whitney, thank you so much for your question. There's so many people just turned off the podcast. <laughs> I've got to find a you way to reach You don't want to ruin them, it, John. If, gotta, if you're gonna if you're gonna make something with this tuberculosis knowledge, yeah. you don't want to you don't want to completely. You're gonna have to create a break. Um, to, to, so you're you're wetting people's appetite now, but you gotta, gotta get them hungry again. No, disagree. Here's one thing you might not know about tuberculosis. Such was the incredible romanticization of tuberculosis in the early 19th century that after after four of her sisters had died of tuberculosis. The great novelist Charlotte Bronte wrote in a letter, I am aware that consumption is an attractive malady. Like, (laughs) and then when she wrote about someone dying of consumption in Jane Eyre, she talked about the death being painless and being Uh. beautiful even though she had to have known that the true story of death from consumption is much more complicated than that and much more horrifying, which just speaks to how profoundly our stories about the world shape our understanding of the world. I feel a little bit this way about people giving me massages. Mm. Every like there's like very soft music playing and everybody seems to think that it's great, but I always, it always hurts a lot Mm -hmm. and I don't know why. And I feel worse afterward. That's not just Which, like dying of consumption, but I, I get your point. 
This next question comes from Kayla, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I was cooking the other day and adding some salt to my food, and I started to think about how salt uh, is just a rock. Yeah. Why is it that we eat this one specific rock but no other rocks? Mm. Are there other rocks that we eat that I don't know about? This rock is sodium tasty. Oh, that's good. Kayla, I didn't get it until I read it. Sodium. Yep. Did you? Did yeah, you I got it? it. Okay. I got it. It's almost a curse word. Uh-huh. It's such an important rock. And it is a it, so so another rock that we eat is uh ice. Sure. Uh, which we usually eat in its lava form. Um so a, a melted rock. Yeah. Uh which is wild. Yeah. And that's the main rock that, that we consume is melted ice. Yeah. Um uh, melting sodium is actually weirdly uh, salt has one of the highest melting points, uh, or I just should just say a very high melting point. So if you ate melted sodium, you would be in a whole lot of trouble. Hmm. But uh, we we need uh, a bunch of different minerals to exist. We gotta get that calcium iron. is kind of a rock. Iron is rocky. Potassium, very important. Can't live without potassium. That's also kind of a rock. Yeah. So you have a bunch of these things, um, but but uh, sodium chloride is exceptionally important because um, uh, our bodies run like our, our sort of neurology runs on pumping sodium ions around, mm. also potassium ions. So we need to consume a lot of sodium, uh, which is why we crave that mineral, and we do do indeed crave that mineral, and uh, are just. You know, bags of living chemistry that were that evolved on a planet that had sodium and potassium and calcium and iron available, and uh, and utilized those things in making our bodies work. So wild uh, and great, yeah, and yummy. It's very strange. And, and our, to think. our appetites exist, yeah. to get the things we need into our bodies. Mm, I mean, wild. usually. But I also have yeah, appetites no, that exist to get things time. into my body that I don't need. <laughs> yeah. that are, I don't know if everybody knows that but when we start to do mic check, Jono always sings the McDonald's theme. I do. And it's... every every time it makes me want McDonald's. And I'm like, it works so well. Yeah. The, I am not in control of anything. The loudest noise I know how to make into this microphone is ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And if I can pull that off without peeking, then I know that I'm going to be good for the rest of the episode. But yeah, how whereas profoundly... I just say, check, check, like a normal person. Well, and then let's finish the story, Hank. You say, check, check, like a normal person. Then you say, hello and welcome to Dear Hank and John. And you say, oh, it's no, I peaked. Very... I peaked. I was way too loud. I got to turn it down. <laughs> If you just did the bada ba 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 thing every time, we could save 30 seconds Maybe. of pod. Maybe. We could have more pod for the people. All right. This next question comes from Nola, who writes, Dear John and Hank, why do I always want to rub my feet together under the blankets like a little cricket? I know I can't be the only one who does this, and I can't help it. It just feels so good. It makes my brain wrinkles smile. Comfy and cozy, Nola. I don't know, Nola, but I do this too. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can only suppose that it's good for you. And so your body wants you to do it. It's called, I don't know why. It's like it's like how you want it's salt. Musty. <laughs> yeah, it's Hank, just like how you want salt. Hank believes that we live in the best of all possible worlds where everything <laughs> that we want to do at any moment is the right thing. <laughs> and I, that is not my experience of being alive. I wouldn't be at all surprised if I rubbed my feet together as a way of trying to like self-destruct. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> actually is like the, the they're going to be like a report uh on like th- like rock 101 yeah uh, and they're like doctors have released a new study that says people who rub their feet together under the blankie like a little cricket <laughs> are actually have stiff arteries that are gonna self-destruct at any moment that's right stop doing that <laughs> That's right. There's a there's a there's a there's a paper out in the journal of feet feet rubbies. That's right. As uh, the leading the leading nighttime foot rubby expert reports <laughs> that rubbing your feet together like a little cricket is associated with dying thirty years younger than regular people. I we can't prove that it's causative and not correlative, but we have noticed that everybody who rubs their feet together like a little cricket is a miserable, empty soul. I <laughs> there's there's never been a person who's done it who didn't eventually die. That's true. It's true. It, it is associated so, with a 100 percent death rate. Um, I do it because it feels nice, and sometimes I think it's funny. So nice. It's funny that you say like a little cricket, Noah, because sometimes I think like, did I get this? From crickets, <laughs> like if we take some it, common ancestor, if we take it back yeah. far enough, is there like some common ancestor that was like, ah, oh, the only relief, the only thing that helps me fall asleep in this terrifying world of 120 million years ago is rubbing my little feet together like a little cricket, <laughs> and that's why we do it. Can can I say to everybody, like next time somebody asks you what your favorite word is, let it be in consideration. Cricket. What a cute word. It's a great word. It's so great. It's the noise they make, yep. but it's also just totally on its own. It's a it's just fantastic. There's gotta be so many brand names that are like so many brands named Cricket because it's just such a good, cute name. Right. It's it's an onomatopoeia that is actually a good word, which almost all of oh, them aren't, yeah. right? Like like oomph yeah. is not a is not a great word. Uh mm-hmm. bzz is not a great word. But cricket. Mm. Cricket. Cricket. I think oh. it's the I think it's the it's the consonants, cricket. right? It's the k and the t. Cricket. Yeah. Cricket? Yeah, it's great. It's great. Language is High awesome. High quality work. Whoever did whoever did cricket, thank you. I've just added just the word cricket to your Goodreads um, quote page. Thanks. Cricket. Hank, Hank I Green. I did say that. An absolutely remarkable One thing. One of the things I said. <laughs> it's important to um, attribute yeah, it to a book incorrectly because that makes it seem real. Yeah, yeah. People are like, I'm not reading that whole thing just to find this. Just next question comes from Paige who asks, hello, brothers. The symphony in my town is doing a performance where they play the movie Ratatouille and have an orchestra play accompanying music. Mm. I have five friends uh, flying into town to see it because we have overcommitted to the bit. Wow. What should I wear to said event? It's an orchestra, so my first thought is fancy, but it's also Pixar's Ratatouille. Which makes me feel like I should maybe dress as a chef. Dubious fashion advice appreciated, Paige. Paige, you cannot wear a big tall chef's hat with a rat under it. No. The whole time. You have to take it off so that people behind you can Let's have a see. good view of the movie Ratatouille. But but if but if no one has a rat at the show, I will be disappointed. I, so I think you dress fancy. Okay, here's what I would do. I think you dress fancy. And of course, part of dressing really fancy is wearing a hat. Okay? Like, 
Is it? Oh, yeah. I mean, re- like a fancy okay. hat, not like a ball cap or a chef's hat, like a, you know, like a fancy person hat with like feathers and stuff. Okay. Gotcha. And and a wa- really maybe a wide brim, not tall, but it's got some width. Uh-huh. And I do think that you have a rat underneath the hat. I do think that that, I think that that, <laughs> I think that's the bit. I think that's the bit is that there's a rat in there. So I think that you need, I think that the rat's going to need to be in more places than just one. So you will have to bring a little cage for the little rat. No. But it's not that hard. There's got to, you got to know somebody who's got a rat. You got to let that rat be free, Hank. That's the whole point. Mm, Don't let the rat free at the symphony orchestra is a lesson that I have learned thus far in my life. I think you have to. (laughs) I agree with you. Man, I agree with you in terms of like what's like the wrong thing. You don't want to yell fire in a crowded theater kind of thing. But like I I think that the the, the symphony has to know what it's getting into. I mean, they're right. Well, if the if the sh- if like really honestly, it should be directed like the, the uh, little maestro the, the should definitely be a small rat. What's that? What's that movie that I watched all of, even though it was 17 hours long? I don't know what you're talking about. The does it have a little maestro? Hank and I have had a conversation offline and upon further reflection, <laughs> even though this is a dubious advice podcast, we would like to state for the record that you should not bring a living uncaged rat to a symphonic event of any kind, including a playing of the m- music from the movie Ratatouille. And the movie Ratatouille. This sounds like a great thing. I would love to go to this. And I'm I'm very happy for all of you. I hope that you have a fantastic time. All right, Hank, we have another question from Katie who writes, Dear John and Hank, how do I politely decline telling people my birthday? I don't want people making assumptions about me based on my astrological sign because, frankly, I don't buy that stuff. But when people ask, I can't think of a respectful way of telling them that I don't trust them with that information. Probably a Leo or a Gemini, but I'm not telling you, Katie. <laughs> you First, you got to say... You gotta say. So, are, do you, do you just want to know what my sign is? And then they they say, Oh yeah, I was wondering what your sign was. And you and say, then, I'm not gonna tell you my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, I'm definitely not telling you. No, you gotta. What's the thing? So there's a so there's a bunch of constellations that aren't that aren't in the zodiac. Yeah. So pick one of those. Be like, I'm an Orion. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I. And they'll be like, "What?" And you'd be like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm the little yeah, dipper." It's, just a, it's like it's a it's a cu- I'm a cusper. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little dipper, dipper. And little dippers <laughs> like me, like we tend to just we tend to we tend to dip. You know, you we tend to. You don't hear a lot about us. No. Yeah. No, we just kind of mm-hmm. we tend to have. Uh, I'm, I'll be honest with you. We we like to ghost people. You know, <laughs> like one day you'll just never hear from me again. I'm a little dipper. Uh, I'm a little dipper. Yeah, I'm a- it is. There is something weird about it, right? Because I would, I would find it problematic if somebody asked me like, uh, "When is your birthday?" and I said what my birthday was, and they were like, "Oh, the seventeenth day of Pentecost or whatever." And then they were like, "And yeah. as somebody who was born during Lent, um, this means that, and that means this." And I'd be like, "Well, no, no I, don't I know really, That's not really my 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 belief system." <laughs> but I think, and then and then they're like, "I I am." A- <laughs> 
I have noticed a thing that if you don't believe in astrology, people feel it as an attack. Yeah. And I am not attempting to attack, but people often feel it that way. Right. And I don't know what to do about that. Yeah. And it is an awkward situation. I tend to think if people are asking about my birthday, they want to know when to buy me a present or come over for a party. Yeah. Or who's going to go first in the game that we're playing. Because right. it's like whose birthday's up next. Right, right, right. Is like the most common reason I am asked when my birthday is. Yeah. I would feel like you just say your birthday. Although there is something weird about it, right? Like nobody would ask you what your social security number is. But I would just, I, if nope. it were me, because I'm a people pleaser, I would say, yep. I'll tell you my birthday. And then if they started to be like, well, you know what that means about you? I would say like, respectfully, um, I don't think it means much. That's not a pe- that's very un- I would never do that. I'm m- more of a people pleaser than you then because I'd be like, "Oh, interesting. Did you know about frogs?" And I would change the subject carefully and quickly. The I think here's my suggestion. I have two. One, find out about a bunch of people who are born on the same day as you. They have oh, to be pretty different good. from each other. That's good. And then and then just be like, "The day at the same day as Jacques Cousteau, which mm-hmm. I think is mine." Mm-hmm. Uh or second, Find another calendar that's not the one we use yes. and tell them your birthday in that calendar. Yes. Or make up a calendar that's just your calendar mm-hmm. that's a 13-month calendar with one extra day at the end of the year or beginning of the year. New Year's Day, does not it's not in part of a month. And you name the months yourself and you create and you tell them I yeah, I'm born on the I'm born on the the eighth of Mauritius. Uh it's just named after countries. Um my favorite ones. Is there a way? That we could do that. Yeah. Like, I... Make make a new calendar? I think that our greatest... Like, I I, I think we've done some good work, Hank. I think we've done some bad work. Uh-huh. I think uh-huh. that our, you know, contributions are mixed. But I think if we ever wanted to do something truly extraordinary for humanity, it would uh-huh. be to make a 13-month year with 28 days yeah. in each of those 13 months and one day a year... That's full purge. No, no, it's opposite of that. I know, I know. The, it's the, full the one extra joy. day a year is is like you can't turn your lights on and it, you're like got candles and everybody global, has to read books. It's the global day of interconnectedness and joy that we all agree upon. It's the only yeah. shared human holiday. I yes. love this idea, right? Like everybody gets their own holidays. It doesn't take away Christmas. It do, you know, it doesn't take away any holidays. It's just that we no, have this no, one holiday that's for yeah. all of us, which is the last day of the year, the 365th day. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's it's yeah. And I, then twice a year you get two of or every four years you get two of them. I really think it might address some of our biggest problems. I don't want to overstate it, <laughs> but I think Having a holiday that all humans share might Uh fix, I don't want to say everything, some things. Everything. I'll say it. How are we going to do it, though, Hank? It's such a better system. Well, so there's only one way that I know of. And also, at the, the same time, we could introduce metric time. So instead of 24 hours, you have 10 hours. Instead of 60 minutes, you have 100 much easier, much simpler. By the way, they tried to do this during the French Revolution and it went real bad. I just I just remembered. Yeah, yeah. But but keep going. And then and also we could make sure we get rid of all the feet, because they're stupid. Yeah. And the inches. Sure. And the and the and the 30 seconds 
of an inch. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're doing that. Mm-hmm. And the only here's how you do it. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. uh, is you have to become the only person with power. Yeah, and, emperor of the universe. Uh, it's really easy to do that, uh, and it ne- definitely never results in. Uh, the the Game of Thrones in which you either win or die. No, no, no. I So I don't think that is the only way that change gets made. And I don't think that you think that either. And I understand that that is generally how calendars have been formed in the past. But I don't think that is the only <laughs> way to make change. In you got to go from the bottom up. You can do bottom up change. Absolutely. Yeah. Things change from the bottom up all the time. Often, usually when the world gets more just, it's bottom up change, not top down change. And what I am proposing is a, and maybe this isn't the most important global movement in 2023. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm starting <laughs> to realize that like, maybe if we're going to organize all of, all of our shared energies around, around one thing, it maybe shouldn't be the 13 month year. But I'm imagining a global movement to say we need to stop carbon emissions and December. That's my <laughs> that's my pitch. Well, we also get to rename the months so that they line up with their names. So I, October would be the eighth month, yeah, instead of being the tenth month. October is the only one we're keeping. Great. October is the only one we're keeping. Um, okay. That's everybody the- send in suggestions for month names. Yes. That's, that's step um, I, one. Of I, course, I, we've got to name name these months name the before months. we convince eight mil, eight billion people that this is what we should focus yep. our resources on. Uh huh. So we need a bunch of new because we need thirteen months. Yeah. And uh, the the other problem, and I will say this up front, that if your birthday, like when we create the new calendar, your birthday is going to be on the same day every year. So if you're a Wednesday birthday, that's forever. And if you're a Friday or Saturday birthday, that's forever. And you just get to be, you just get to live a slightly better life than everybody else because yeah. you were a Saturday birthday. Right. That is true. And that is, I mean, that is a problem, but I think yeah. it's not a big enough problem to make up for the deficiencies of our current calendar, which reminds me that today's you. podcast is in fact brought to you by... Hank and John's 13-month calendar, the the one change we want to make in the world. This podcast is also brought to you by rubbing your feet together like a little cricket. It feels very nice and does result in a 100% chance of death. Yeah. Um, but then again, so does eating salt or not eating salt. <laughs> Two strategies for maintaining a little bit of chemistry while you can. And also, this podcast is brought to you by the similarities between getting a massage and dying of consumption. <laughs> Probably not worth having mentioned. Probably. Uh, I thought. I actually thought <laughs> we were going to ask Tuna to cut that, but I guess we're keeping it in now. <laughs> this episode of Dear Hang John is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep. It's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy, Banza, Burt's Bees, Trobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt. 
I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. So listen, your toilet is massively gross, like it's grosser than you think. In fact, bacteria and viruses can hang around in the toilet bowl even after multiple flushes. And I recently found the easiest way to clean my toilet, Blue Land's Sustainable Toilet Cleaner Tablets. Just drop, watch it fizz, brush, and flush. It is truly that simple. No more scrubbing for hours. Plus, the tablets are plastic-free. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet with the same powerful clean that you're used to. Blue Land products are effective and affordable, and their toilet tablets are proven to work on a wide range of toilet stains, including rust, mineral deposits, lime scale, and hard water. And you can even get more savings by buying refills in bulk or setting up a subscription. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. John, this next question comes from Iris, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I saw a problem on TikTok earlier today. Now it's bedtime and I can't sleep because I'm trying to figure out, figure it out and I can't find the words to Google it. Is 100 to the power of 99 bigger or smaller than 99 to the power of 100? I'm a humanities major, Iris. Oh, boy. That's, I mean, I also... That's, <laughs> that's going to take me to the very edge of my talents. Yeah? Okay. Well, first off, is there an answer? Because I'm not going to go through all this mental gymnastics if there's no answer. <laughs> yeah, there's an answer. Okay. Um, if, if they're the so same not only size, is there an answer. after I do all this work, I'm going to be super annoyed. <laughs> not, no. Um, so there's an answer. Uh, also, I'm just letting you know, Iris, you can literally just type that into Google and it will give you an answer. Oh. So you don't have to Google, you don't have to find the words to Google it. Just type. Yeah. 99 carat 100 and it will tell you uh but also it tends to be that uh when it's the power the power is much more important than anything else so 99 to the power of 100 is going to be bigger because it's going to have 100 zeros uh, after it and and 100 to the power of 99 is only going to have 99 zeros after it it's gonna actually i think it's gonna have more i think it's gonna have 199 zeros after it which is wild but yeah no yeah. No. Yeah. Really? 190. Yeah. All right. I'm out. Um, I, you know, you can understand that something is beautiful and not understand it. That's There's also literally a YouTube video that is called comparing uh, 100 to the power of 99 and 99 to the power of 100. I'm starting to think that you you did, didn't try, Iris. 
Or maybe maybe they just typed it into ChatGPT and ChatGPT like gave them a very confident, incorrect answer. It's very bad at math. That's one thing it's very bad at. Hey, Hank. Yes. How do moons work? Uh, I got this question from Duval that I realized I don't know the answer to. Duval writes, Dear John and Hank, yeah. I don't know how moons work. Mm. If it's not a full moon where I am, oh. could I take a jet to where it is a full moon? Mm. No, right? Right. Okay. So it's not a full moon anywhere. It's not a full, it's only a full, it's full moon for everybody at the same time. Just like our new calendar. I mean, unless the moon isn't. Well, the we can't really handle the moon. Oh, I know the calendar is not going to be involved in the lunar month. I know we can't get into that stuff. We are going to have a solar month calendar, not a lunar month calendar. We can't, that's that's not for us. That's not for us. It's good. No. It's, it's and, close. Well, it's, there's nothing wrong with a lunar month. I'm, no. I'm, I'm 100% in favor of lunar month calendars. It's just that our 13-month calendar is going to be a solar calendar. The world's calendar is going to be a solar calendar. <laughs> oh, it's so weird to have both the moon and the sun. It's great. What a convenient thing. The moon is very confusing, I will say, because it's it's shy, like it's up there going around yeah. us while we're going around another thing and we're spinning yeah. at the same time. It's very confusing. Yeah. There's a reason why you don't understand. It's because people who do this professionally still sometimes get their brain tied up about it. But the the moon is the same phase all the time for everyone. I can, I can tell you that. Is there any other things you'd like to know about the moon? It is very weird that the moon is spinning around us while we are spinning around the sun while the sun is spin- spinning around the center of the Milky Way galaxy, which is itself like moving relative to other things. It is very, very weird, right? Like, yeah. I feel quite still right now. And yeah. the the way motion works, it the way space and time work, yeah. uh, when you zoom way out, I yeah. do not like it. I don't like it at all. It's not intuitive. No. It's not. It's not it's, just that it's not intuitive. It's a little freaky outy. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little like, maybe I should stay under the covers. Yeah, I've kind of gotten, at this point in my life, I've kind of gotten comfortable with the universe and our place in it Mm. in a weird way. I haven't. Which, now that I've said that, it makes it sound like that can't be true. Um, But I feel like maybe I, like a little bit have, but- That's great, man. I'm proud of you. All this information is relatively new. Yeah. You know, we didn't know that galaxies existed until quite recently. Um and and the idea that there's stars outside of our galaxy also very new information and then then the part where they were like oh it's not just like a few that's all that's all <laughs> pretty new yeah so as far as humanity goes uh and it's a lot to deal with so i'm not surprised that we we haven't gotten good at handling it yet yeah i mean one human lifetime ago we didn't have like electricity in the house that I'm in Yeah, right now. Yeah, a, a, a long human life. There was no refrigerator yeah. because there couldn't be a refrigerator. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's weird. That's weird, man. Some guy died in this house. <laughs> That's just what my, I, I mean, that was a little glimpse into my brain, Hank. That was... <laughs> That's what it's really like. If you give me four seconds, that's where it goes. He was a gardener, oh. actually. He was a landscaper. Oh. 
He was a hundred. He was a hundred years old. He was born. Did he in live Germany. there, or was he just visiting? No, he lived here, and he died here. He died upstairs. Yeah, it'd be weird for him to be just visiting a hundred year, years old. You probably don't visit a lot of. It places. would be. Yeah, no, he was in, really into like um, mm-hmm. cut flowers, and now he's dead. So thanks for coming to my party. Um, <laughs> what's the news from Mars? I'll go first. Um, Hank, as you may be aware, uh, AFC Wimbledon is more likely to lose a game from a winning position than any other team in professional soccer. Wow. Our last five games, we have gone 1-0 up in all of them, and we have lost four of them, Mm. and the other one we tied. We cannot win a game. We cannot hold a lead. I do not know what is happening. It is extremely frustrating. We have this incredible new player, Ali Alhamidi. He is a uh, came to the United Kingdom as a refugee from Iraq. His father was a political prisoner, and he has an incredible life story. And he is an absolute star. Uh, I mean, he is incredible. I'm so excited about him. He keeps scoring goals. The only problem is that every time he scores a goal, we give up two. (laughs) And so we can't win any games. And it's very frustrating. Uh, So, You know what uh, I I hear when I hear stuff like that, John, is that it has to be some component of luck. Because going up doesn't make it likely that you will go down. I think it's... Like, you could definitely... Not it could definitely be like a problem with the team that a lot of goals get scored against you. Yeah, but I, I think but the that order a, in which those goals are scored. I I think there's a problem inside the heads. Mm. I think there is a problem in the mind. I think that they know that over the last three seasons, we are much more likely to lose a game that we where we score first than we are to win a game. Ugh. And I think that's in their heads. No. So I, I think that it's, a, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not positive, but that's what I think. I think it's like, I know, I mean, look, it happens to me <laughs> when I watch the games. Like I see Ali Alhamdi score and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> anything but that. <laughs> <laughs> wait, um, just wait until they get ends, one goal and then you can score. That only ends one way. Um, so it's been a difficult, uh, difficult run for us. Four straight losses, Ooh. a draw before that, um, not quite creeping toward relegation, but, but I don't like where we are in 15th place with a negative four goal differential after mm-hmm. 36 games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been a little frustrating. I do get to go to a game this weekend in uh, London, which I'm really excited about. I, I always love seeing AFC Wimbledon, so that'll be a joy for me. Um, but yeah. Just a little bit, a little bit worrisome. I will say there is a bit of good news, which is that the women's team, since Rosiana and I started sponsoring them on behalf of Partners in Health, um, the women's team is undefeated and has suddenly shot up to the top of the league. Um, They are currently, they just beat uh, Cambridge United, and they are currently just barely... Uh, top of the league. It's incredible. 32 points after uh, 13 wow. games. Hashtag United are in second place. And so we've had five straight victories. 
And if we keep this run going, we have a real chance of promotion to be a third tier uh, side next season, which would be really exciting. All right. That I mean, that seems almost likely with all of those wins. Yeah. So far, so good. Well, this week in Mars news, uh, so the high-rise camera, which is on board the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, took some pictures of some really cool, weird, nearly perfect circle dunes. And as I was saying, weirdly enough, earlier in this episode, the universe does sort things. So, uh, you know, there like solar winds do this where it might blow stuff around a solar system and you get different qualities of planets at different distances from a star. Uh, and and rivers will do this where it you know sediment will be picked up by different speeds of rivers and dropped out by it when the rivers slow down and so you can get like sudden like just huge accumulations of specific grain sizes of sand uh, and that also happens on Mars. So if you look at the the photos, which you can find pretty easily, and they were released by the University of Arizona, they, the dunes look kind of like black bulbs coming off Mars's surface, and they they a little bit. Uh, asymmetric in a way that suggests that the wind is blowing in a specific direction southward. And they are part of an ongoing study to see how frost melts when winter ends on Mars. And this is one of the 60 sites that HiRISE is currently monitoring for that study. So they're really kind of pretty and weird, quite otherworldly looking sand dunes, uh, which is convenient because they are on another world. Yeah, that is just mind-blowing. I like I like this new framework you're using of this is how the universe sorts things sometimes instead of like It's weird. Yeah, that it, it, instead of, you know, like looking for uh an explanation when we don't yet have one totally to be like, <laughs> well, you know, it definitely happens. The universe is weird, and we've seen this before, so you don't have to freak out about <laughs> don't it. Don't freak out. It does look a little bit like uh I don't know, reminds me of spider's eyes. Yeah, it, there's something crop circle-y about it. Mm-hmm. It's cool. All right, Hank, well, thank you for potting with me. We're off to record our Patreon-only podcast, This Week in Stuff, over at patreon.com slash dearhankandjohn, which you can join. I just I just went to the Patreon, Hank, for $1 a month. It's not that expensive. <laughs> Do you get the, the pod? Maybe, I don't know if you get the we thing. Should, maybe we should raise the price. I, I don't think that you get the the this weekend stuff for a dollar maybe uh yeah we've got a real problem which is that it doesn't show that one oh until you um, click it only sh- yeah. shows the top three i think we should fix that so we should probably just change that yes yes so we're gonna try to fix our patreon but anyway i haven't thought about it patreon.com slash dear hank and john if you want to listen to this weekend stuff it's five dollars a month and i'd like to tell you that it's worth it but actually the thing that is worth it is the monthly check-ins with our community those are really fun yeah a lot of people show up for those so thanks to everybody who uh who 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 showed up for that before we finish this up john and i were talking i'm actually recording this afterward he's not here anymore are you john see not there uh we were talking about uh whether we wanted to try and make a map according to fish piece of merchandise so we've decided to make both a decal and a coffee mug with the map according to fish that we're going to get put up real quick at dftba.com we can only make a hundred of each of those things so that's how many there will be and if they sell out then they sell out so if you would like a world according to fish map on your mug go to dftba.com this podcast is edited by joseph tunamedish it's produced by rosiana hals rojas our communications coordinator is brooke shotwell our editorial assistant is deboki chakravarti the music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great gunnarola and as they say in our hometown don't forget to be awesome (laughs) 